supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, uh, they had uh, a January 6th committee hearing yesterday with Cassidy, uh, also known as Blase Ford or Amanda Heard uh, Hutchinson, who lied through her teeth yesterday. And let's see if they will treat her the same way for perjury as they would a conservative that you know in for the most part uh, the people related to J6 and related to the Trump impeachment hoax and related to you know supporting Trump may have gotten like a date wrong or something like that you know like something benign and they wanted to throw the book at them but with Cassidy Hutchinson, you know, she was a uh, Trump uh, chief of staff advisor to Meadows. And she was uh, also some other things. Um, she was lucky to get that job. That was a huge promotion for her. And I guess, you know, in Washington, people were hard to come by because <clears throat> there were so many establishment people in D.C. that really hated Trump. There's a lot of people that love Trump, too, but they're busy working. They're not looking and scrounging around for government jobs. You know, we heard Marjorie Taylor Greene speak last week about how this this staffer, the senior staffer for, you know, Schumer and Feinstein and whoever else, they float from, you know, one congressman and one senator to, to another. And they just make a career out of, you know, being an insider, pulling fast ones and turning tricks and being a fixer. And at the end of the day, they're just part of the problem. And they're mostly liberal. And they mostly hated Trump. You know, I spoke with uh, somebody, uh, an official at, uh, you know, um, in government. 
and um, and I asked them if they were affected by the Trump administration. This was, I think, after Biden cheated and took over the Oval Office because he was ecstatic. He was a radical liberal. And he said, things are smoother now. And I said, wait a second. I said, things are smoother now in the bureaucracies and the wheels of government. Things are smoother now. Why, why would that be? You're not supposed to be political. And you know what he said? He said, yeah, but they are. And things move smoother now that things are right with the world. And so when Trump was in power and Trump was president, things moved in all kinds of weird directions because of resistance. You know, you're constantly hitting a wall. You're constantly uh, having documents buried, misplaced, and, and things didn't move as fast as they could have even though under Trump they moved very, very fast. And so what does Trump do? Trump takes it like a man, this cheating. And he goes out and he does these rallies where fifteen to 20,000 people in a, in a liberal state like Illinois show up to support not only him, but the candidates that Donald Trump endorsed. And Bailey uh, will be running up against Pritzloff now as a result of that, a hand-picked candidate or basically an endorsed candidate for Donald Trump. And uh, and that's probably going to... You know, I think Illinois is ripe for a lot of things. I think there's some interesting things developing in Illinois. They have pretty strong... Republican candidates says here at the Gateway Pundit Trump endorsed Mary Miller defeats Rodney Davis in Illinois primary Trump endorsed gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey also wins and now will go against Pritzloff so Trump campaigned for Mary Miller near Quincy Illinois on Saturday and she got 58% of the vote over Rodney Davis Um, yeah, in the House primary in Illinois after redistricting pitted two incumbent Republicans against each other. And of course, that's probably a, you know, a fancy trick. With nearly all the expected vote counted, Miller held a 15-point edge over Davis. Miller's victory marked another win for former President Donald Trump. It says here, former, I always call him president. As well, who backed her as part of his effort to oust several incumbent Republicans deemed insufficiently loyal. Davis ran afoul of Trump by supporting the establishment of an independent commission to investigate the J6 riot. Davis supported the never-chartered independent commission, uh, not the House Select Committee, now probing the Capitol attack, which held its sixth public hearing Tuesday. So Trump and you know this is going to backfire just like that truck. Now there's 
over 50 dead, 51 dead. I think it's going to end up being about 60 people dead from that truck accident or, or where people suffocated in that truck. And we're finding out all kinds of stuff about that truck. <clears throat> and what we're finding out is the truck was a ghost, meaning the truck was had all the right numbers, but it was another truck in another lot somewhere else. And sure enough, you know, they were they were doing that. It's that sophisticated. These coyotes can do anything they want and they get away with it. Think about that. That's pretty sad business, right? This is just the one that got caught. How many people have died from these things where it's not in the news? It's not quite as big as this one. Or what if Abbott, for example, didn't have his Texas Rangers and his own border security and his own National Guard to oversee these things? Then what? We may never have known about this. What about all the people that are being uh, murdered by fentanyl? imported from China, sent through our open borders to drug our entire nation. What about the diseases that are being spread? Monkeypox, COVID, whatever. There's a lot of diseases that are coming across. How about the rapes and the murders and the stabbings and the guns? Not the guns, but the shooter of the gun. The criminal with the gun. The thug, the MS-13 gang members and things like that. How about the terrorists who are plotting their next attack on American soil? They're all coming through the border. I saw a number greater than 160 nations are coming through our open border. And of course, we know it's intentional. Mayorkas and Joe Biden are getting paid off by the corporations who actually think it's cheaper to spend $4,000 on an abortion than to actually pay for the family health care and the family leave. What's family leave? You know, a person that, uh, you know, makes $60,000 a year only, you know, gets a gross check of $5,000 a month, right? 60 is about average. And so you get sixty, five thousand dollars a month. Say you get two months maternity leave or family leave, and now it's not just for the good good for the girls; it's good for the guys too. There's men that get family leave. I got to take care of my son, my daughter. So the corporations are like, get an abortion. Costs we'll give you four thousand dollars to kill that baby and. And uh, and do away with your family. We'll give you four grand. Ha! Huh, that's pretty good, right? We'll give you. We'll fly you anywhere you need to go. Just don't have the baby, because the dental will kill us financially. The maternity leave is really expensive, and your family would come first over the corporation, sort of like what the socialists want with government over God. And everybody knows that people who have responsibilities like a child tend to gravitate more toward Christianity. 
so it's an, it's a it's an it's a no no there too because what comes before corporations and government your children that comes first and your god that comes first family you know i just you know, I can't even believe we're fighting over this. I can't even believe this is an area of contention. I just can't. We have so many more important things we could be talking about right now to better America, to better the lives of military veterans who've, who, are, who are struggling right now with, with either PTSD or some other mental illness or some drug addiction or just stressing out trying to make pay the bills. And this inflation we're finding out is intentional. And California is doubling down on stupid. California is doubling down on stupidity. They're going to give another they're going to, now they have an in, uh, cash to give out for to cover inflation that they created. So they're going to give you a little bit more money through the government. Isn't that communism or socialism? And isn't that how we got here in the first place? By uh, liquidating cash, giving it zero meaning and value? I remember I was a pioneer in the Internet. I started a website hosting company in literally 1995 called CompuWeb, compuweb compuweb.com. And I started this uh, website and this uh, website hosting company. And, uh, and that's really where, I, you know, my, my whole bread and butter and business was and still is. And, uh, and, you know, one of the things about that was that people would say to me, Scott, why why isn't the world beating a path to my doorstep? Why can't I get more traffic to my website? <clears throat> and I said, well, you're still going to need to have exclusivity. You're still going to need to pay out the nose to get into a exclusive visibility point. You're still going to have to pay for marketing. It doesn't just having a website isn't going to make it so everybody beats a path to your doorstep. You got to promote it the old-fashioned way. Direct mail is still a good way to go. You know, maybe back, it's 20 years ago, but, you know, direct mail 20 years ago was still relevant. You know, direct mail, ad cam- you know, smart ad campaigns, targeted SIC codes, you know, the whole thing. You can get into, a, it's not a business class, but in any case, the point that I'm making is that once you know you get this billboard up there on the on the website and it's called a website new idea back in the 90s the idea was that you still needed to do things the old fashioned way the, the world wasn't going to just be the path to your doorstep why because now you're like one of a million you're one of a million people so the value of your website the more and more people flood that market with webs- their own websites, it just becomes, you know, 
uh, a storefront that you still need to promote in order to drive traffic to your website. And and the same thing could be said about the the dollar. You know, and it and supply and demand and just about anything else. Scarcity increases value. It's econ one oh one. So, you know, when you start pumping and printing money and giving it away to a whole bunch of people that just want to hoard it and just take it and spend it. That's going to cause inflation, artificial value of the money. And it's their spending that created it. It's their debt and the interest they pay on that debt. And the it, the devaluation of that money. And it's just going to perpetuate the same problem. The liberals have never figured out the beauty and the benefit of trickle-down economics. They've never figured out the Laffer curve. They never figured it out. And I don't understand why. It's, it's worked every time it's been used. But the way you grow an economy is you get more people into the workforce. And it's a healthier economy. It's sort of like a company that has one big cash cow customer. And then... The cash cow customer leaves one day for one reason or another, and you're out of business. But if you have a thousand small customers, you might have to work harder, but you're a lot more solvent. Your foundation and structure is really good and strong. And so, you know, the thing is, is that with this, with this business, giving away this money is the soul is the it's not Putin and it's not anything else but this liquid liquidity of the you know the quantitative easing of the money and it's exactly what not to do especially since we got off that gold standard in 1971 because the gold standard held us accountable we'd had no flexibility but we were responsible because we had the gold standard to benchmark against. So Nixon, I think, made a, uh, potentially, it looked like a smart choice, but what it didn't bank on is it didn't bank on the irresponsibility of, of political leaders who would who would eventually exploit every loophole and every opportunity to create a more flexible dollar that has now been destroyed. And that's why BRICS is so important. BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. This consortium, this conglomerate, this group, this partnership, this global partnership is part of the new world order driven by Russia and China, our two biggest adversaries, who are basically together collecting countries in our hemisphere to be allies with and to really present what appears to be our collective existential threat. 
So why should you worry? Of course that's why you worry. You should worry for that. Because eventually, maybe not today, but our lives are all going to be in jeopardy with the leadership that we have in place right now. That's why that tough love position that Trump did against, you know, with phase one and phase two against China was so important. And that's why we would have been so much better when COVID hit, because I believe that COVID was either a uh, partnership with the globalists or a malicious attack on the world from China. Either way you slice it, it was intentional. This COVID thing was intentional. And now they're talking about a pandemic every two years. You know know when the last one was 100 years ago, and now they want to have, like, they're talking about the next one. You've got to prepare for the next one. They know that they figured out a way to exploit this. And we should never, ever comply with these the, the government that, that really is your adversary. And that's the biggest problem. We are in a world war right now. We are in a world war with, with ourselves, with our government. We are in a world war, folks, with globalism. Glo- globalism sucks globalism is is the enemy globalism is bigger than hitler and has killed more people than hitler globalism is what we need to fear most and they need a new world order a new structure and they need a collapse of the dollar and they need open borders and they need to basically make you dizzy with nonsense they need to make you dizzy with it by telling you that cisgender and there's more than uh, uh, two two genders that the that, that, that trans man should be able to compete in uh <clears throat> In women's sports, that somehow, you know, all the nonsense we've been talking about from Disney to the woke capital uh, to abortions on demand. I mean, think about this for a second. Think about how, just think about it. How cavalier, how super uber confident are these corporations, I mean the brass on them, right? How in the world did they come up with the conclusion that they they don't have to worry about a boycott of their product? Think about this just for a second. They come out and they say, we'll pay you $4,000 to have an abortion. And they pound their chest when they do it. They're proud of it. And you're not going to ask any questions, but they're not fearing at all the fact that you might drop them as a vendor, that you might cancel your Netflix account or stop using Uber and Lyft. 
Because they know where do you turn? Everything is owned by them anyway. Larry Fink told them what to do from BlackRock and Vanguard. They're already told. They're already owned. It's a monopoly. It's controlled. And it's, 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 it's what's causing this woke capitalism. Nobody has to worry about their client base because the people at the top are okay with it. They'll bail you out if you go in, into it, to some trouble. And even if you go bankrupt, that's just a good way to bury some debt because they got the other company. Like I said, BlackRock owns a piece of Pepsi and Coca-Cola. So what do they have to worry about? If Coca-Cola goes bankrupt, I bury my money over there, but I profit over at Pepsi. Yeah, I'm going to get the same business because people are going to consume what they consume. It doesn't matter if they buy Pepsi or Coke. We own them both. How do you like that? We let it get to that. And these manipulating swine manipulated their way into it through policy, through globalism, through expansion into these multinational corporations, and through catering to the politicians on wokeness, climate, you know, Black Lives Matter. They don't agree with any of this. These people are way too smart to be agreeing with a dumb Marxist from Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter is being exploited just like Black Lives Matter's groups have been exploited throughout the decades by the Democrats. Remember when Lyndon B. Johnson said, we're going to own those, and then he said the N-word for the next 200 years. But that's changing. Like like in the clip I played for you months ago about the age of enlightenment and the printing press in Notre Dame, the movie. It was a really good point. You know, this printing press could be the death of our, our leadership as more people get more informed. And there's a lot of people that this is happening to so that's why that truck accident down at the border is really kind of important because it's going to wake up a lot of these Hispanics and realize not only is it dangerous, but Biden doesn't give two craps and they're being exploited. They're smart enough to see it. And black people who've been exploited by the Democrats are starting to see it too. But they got to wake up because the black liberal in our country is is really radical. And they're, you know, when they look at themselves as a victim, they're and they're looking at America as their enemy. And they're looking at the founding fathers as racists. That's not healthy, folks. And that seems to be where the Democrats have herded them like sheep. And it's a damn shame. It really is. Because they're not thinking clearly and they're not accurate. And they would lose every debate if there was such a thing. I mean, I love going back on YouTube and watching the Dick Cavett show and having like, and seeing these debates between, you know, um, 
Gore Vital and Norman Mailer, you know, just really going at it. I mean, it's really amazing stuff to watch. We don't see that at all today. They don't. T- we're we're afraid to talk about things. But I will say this: this uh, whole thing about you know, these corporations are fearless now. They don't worry what, whether you're going to drop them or not. They know you can't. Where are you going to go? And are you going to punish yourself? And that's why, you know, the old Scott probably would have been like, yeah, I'm going to boycott everything comes from China. I remember in 2004 when Jacques Chirac was doing business and violating the uh, uh, agreement we had to not do business with Saddam Hussein. And they were, uh, Schroeder was the head of Germany and he's now head of Gazprom doing oil out of Russia. So, uh, but Schroeder and Jacques Chirac. And they were both violating the trust of our alliance. And they were doing business with Saddam Hussein. And they were making things difficult for us to gain leverage. Just like Georgia leadership made Trump's deals with China more difficult because they were doing, they were accepting bribes and business on the side that was allowing inroads for China to get into the United States through the back door through their sheer greed, stupidity, and selling out America like Kemp and uh, Raffensperger and those those losers who rigged the elections in Georgia were, were really also fundamentally these governors and these secretaries of state you know, we're, we're selling out America and making Trump's deal, taking away leverage that Trump was trying to get to push through phase one, phase two. And in retaliation after phase one and phase two were signed, China comes out with COVID and, of course, puts an end to all of that stuff. So it was basically through an economic agreement that China was getting the short end of the stick on. They ended up causing thir- thir- a new war, a war uh, that killed so many people, and they did it on purpose. And you know we don't we don't have these open discussions. We don't have the proper debates. But in any case, I want to play. Um, I want to play this Tucker Carlson open. It's uh, a lot of what what I've been talking about today. It's quite good, and I think you'd really appreciate it. So uh, take take a listen to uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, it was one of his better opens, and, I, you know, I, I literally hate to play, like, uh, other ana- analysts, but Tucker does such a fine job in driving home points that you can expand on. Um, it's just worth a listen. So, you know, when he, when he's... When he's doing that good of a job, I, I just want to share it. So uh, let's take a listen. It's an enormous place, bigger landmass than the continental U.S., huge population, beautiful, rich natural resources, and suddenly, like the United States over the last 15 years, Brazil has found itself dangerously dependent on China. So what exactly are the Chinese government's aims here in Brazil? And why isn't the Biden administration doing anything to stop the Chinese military from establishing a threatening new beachhead in our hemisphere. They seem to be abetting it. What is that exactly? We're investigating all of it for a brand new documentary that we're making now. We'll have it for you soon. 
But one of the reasons that so few people in the United States noticed that China is colonizing formerly independent countries so close to our shores is that we have, as they used to say, problems of our own here in the United States. The American economy, primarily, which is in real trouble right now. And it's not something we can fix with a cleverly crafted bailout, as we've done before. The problem here isn't that a few reckless quants on Wall Street did crazy things with credit default swaps. The problem feels deeper than that. It feels systemic. And you see it in what you buy. Everything, the prices of everything, are shooting beyond reach for a lot of people in the United States. That would include energy, food, durable goods, housing, education, credit. All of it is a lot more expensive than it was just recently. Why? Why has median rent in Manhattan jumped by 25% in a single year? Why has your grocery bill gone up by hundreds of dollars a month? Why can't you afford to fill your car anymore? Those are fair questions. It's not like we've run out of the commodities we need. The United States has a lot of them. It's a continental country. It stretches from the Atlantic to the Pacific. So we've got plenty of room for housing. We've got more than enough oil and gas within our own borders to be completely energy independent with some left over. We've got more fertile farmland than any country on the planet. Food should be cheap. So the problem is definitely not our resources. Our resources in the United States are abundant. The problem is our leaders. The things you need are too expensive to buy because politicians created inflation. And they did it for a simple reason. They'd racked up so much debt buying votes and enriching themselves and their families that they had no choice but to weaken the U.S. dollar in order to make the payments on the loans they took out. It's that simple. And then once inflation arrived, ideologues in the Biden administration immediately understood how it could be used. So since you can no longer afford to drive your car, you will have no choice but to accept their green energy scams. And that means their donors who run those scams will get richer and they will get control over the U.S. economy. So everyone wins except you. It's perfect. None of it happened by accident. This is a manufactured disaster. Now, in a normal country, few leaders would dare to pull off something this brazen and destructive. They'd be afraid to. They'd be flirting with revolution. It'd be too risky. And the people who run our country are fully aware of the risks, and they're very worried about it. If you're wondering why they're hyperventilating about January 6th, that's why. They seem afraid because they are afraid. To them, a crowd of angry people at the Capitol looks a lot like a foretaste of things to come. That's exactly why they're so desperate to take your guns away. It's why they're screaming at you about trans rights and systemic racism and the all-encompassing evil of the president of faraway Russia, huh? Why are they talking about them, these things? It seems confusing at first. What does any of that have to do with our actual problems here and improving your life? Well, none of it has anything to do with improving your life, and that's the point. They're hoping that if they keep screaming at you, you'll be too bewildered and too off-balance to notice what is happening to the country around you, much less able to fight back against it. And just to make sure you're too bewildered to act as they scream, they shift the blame from themselves to you. So they're now pronouncing you guilty for the crimes that they committed. You've watched this happen with the economy. First, they told you that inflation wasn't real. You're imagining that, but you weren't. So then they explained that actually inflation is happening, but it's a good thing because you deserve it. You deserve to pay more for the things you buy. Why? Because your expectations were way too high. You pampered first world Karen. You expected to eat meat for dinner and take an annual vacation on commercial airliners that departed on time. What were you thinking? You expected to fill your tank or buy a sheet of plywood for less than 75 bucks. Huh? Talk about out of whack. 
You expected to be able to send your children to the public schools you pay for with the expectation they might learn something. You thought you could load your car in the Safeway parking lot with groceries you could afford without being shot to death by armed robbers. You imagined you could live in a country that resembled the place you grew up in, where people spoke English and didn't throw trash out the window or smoke fentanyl on the sidewalk. But it turns out, Mr. and Mrs. America, you expected too much, and that's your fault. In Nigeria, all of this is normal. So stop whining and eat your bugs. Bloomberg News actually wrote a column on this. Their recommendation was, if you want to save money, let your dog die. Seriously. They really said that, and they meant it, too. But apparently you didn't get the message. You love your dog. So now they've gone further than that. Now they're telling you that you cannot have the one thing that most people want more than anything else, the one thing that biological instinct drives all of us to want, and that's children. The most reliable source of meaning and joy in human existence, a family, is now out of reach for the American middle class, and you should accept that is inevitable. In fact, you should embrace it. Our economy can no longer support your family. Sorry. Actually, that's wrong. They're not saying sorry. They wouldn't think of apologizing for that or anything else. What they want to do is force you to reset your unrealistic expectations. And that's what MSNBC did all this weekend. Watch. What does it cost to have a baby on your body, on your livelihood, and not just you, but your state and this country? Many economists and social scientists are telling us that the economic consequences of abortion restrictions are devastating for both individuals and wider society. According to the Institute for Women's Policy Research, at the national level, state-level abortion restrictions cost $105 billion per year because basically it reduces the labor force participation rate, how many people are in the workforce and drives down earning power. So it turns out many economists and social scientists have concluded that having kids is selfish and way too expensive, and that's your fault. So dial back your expectations of ever having a family. Thanks for telling us, MSNBC and Jolene Kent. Notice that no one on MSNBC ever blames the powerful for where we are. Apparently, the U.S. government had no role in, quote, reducing the labor force participation rate say, by shutting down the entire U.S. economy and firing anyone who didn't get their vax or turning cities into war zones or devaluing the U.S. dollar. None of that actually happened. It's not their fault. Wall Street and the Fed are blameless. The problem is you. The problem is that you selfishly want to have children, and children are bad for GDP. All the big corporations now agree on that. They're all now against human reproduction. Watch Ling Kent explain more. But the other important financial question is if the birthing parent is able to travel and if they work for the right company and are seeking an abortion, more individuals we're seeing are going to need to rely on their employer, right, for that financial support to carry that out. Now, for example, Dick's Sporting Goods is now telling us they're promising $4,000 for any employee or family member on their insurance plan to access an abortion. And there's a long list of companies that are doing the same thing. You've got Levi's and Starbucks. Yelp, J.P. Morgan, and many others. But the point here is, Katie, is that these benefits are provided because these companies are willing to do it, not just because of their philosophy as a corporation, but because it makes financial sense for them. Dick Sporting Goods will pay you $4,000 to abort your baby. How great is that? How great is Dick Sporting Goods? You were going to have a baby, and now they're giving you four grand not to. And as Jolene Kent just told us, that makes financial sense for corporate America. 
Well, yes, it does. Thanks, MSNBC. We lost our calculator and couldn't do the math on that. It turns out the companies have done the math, and they'd rather pay female employees $4,000 for every abortion they have. That's cheaper than footing the bill for, say, parental leave or adding new dependents onto the company health care plan. Babies are expensive. It's a lot cheaper to get rid of them, has concluded the HR department at Dick Sporting Goods. But keep in mind, this is a highly progressive movement. When you have to bribe employees not to have their own family, what you're really doing is liberating them. And if you doubt that, here's corporate America's spokesman, Andrew Ross Sorkin of CNBC, with the message once more. The real challenge is going to be for the smaller companies that can't afford to do this uh, and for the employees of those companies that are unable to get access that way. And so there's going to be a tale of two worlds. If you work for a Fortune 500 company in America today, uh, you very well may get this type of health care uh, as a benefit. Smaller companies may not. And I asked the question over the weekend to a lot of executives and CEOs about this. Would you leave the state? Would you leave those states where those trigger laws uh, are in effect? And the answer is no. Um, the view is that this is, dare I say, a cost of doing business. And I was, uh, I have to admit, disappointed that there was no, uh, nobody that I spoke to over the weekend who said, you know what, uh, we have a, a, a moral issue about this. Yeah, yeah, it's very disappointing that all companies aren't paying their employees to abort their children. It's a sign of love, really, because when you love someone, your main concern is that they never reproduce, that they never create more human beings just like them. That's a sign of love. So according to Andrew Ross Sorkin, corporations, and this is not ghoulish or creepy, so settle down, choke back your gag reflexes. Corporations in states that outlaw abortions are unethical. The CEOs of those companies are immoral because they're not paying for enough abortion. Andrew Ross Sorkin judges them. You know who he doesn't judge? His friend Janet Yellen. Now, Jenny Ellen isn't blameless. She lied to Americans for years about the inflation that she created. She single-handedly destroyed our economy more than any other single American. But that's not a problem for Andrew Ross Sorkin. It's not like she wasn't paying for her employees' abortions. And we're quoting. You know, if you're Jenny Ellen, she's in a political job and they wanted to run the economy a little hot. That's what Sorkin said recently. And by running it a little hot, he meant destroy it and make the U.S. dollar worthless. It's just a little mistake. It's not a big deal. It's not immoral. <laughs> Making you poor was a mistake. And don't worry, Janet Yellen has never even considered apologizing for it. No. What she's telling you is now that you're poor, shut up and abort your child because times are tough and you got to get back to work. There's a war on. Do your duty. I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and would set women back decades. Yeah, very damaging to the economy, having all those children, all that new life. This is the America that Janet Yellen has created with the help of her friends in the media. So you can't afford to get married or buy a house or have children, much less raise them yourself in a two-parent family on a single income, as every generation of Americans did for hundreds of years in this country. But for you, none of that is possible. Only private equity people, people like Janet Yellen, Andrew Ross Sorkin, can afford normal families now. 
But for you, things are very different. For you, life is low-paid drone work at some soulless digital company punctuated only by brunch on the weekends and Netflix and white wine at night forever until you die alone with no descendants to remember you. Does the prospect of that fill you with joy or does it make you a little anxious? If it makes you a little anxious, no problem because we have Xanax. Also, we've legalized weed so you can consider yourself liberated. What we just described is not an overstatement. That is the life that millions of college-educated young people in this country are living right now and are facing for the foreseeable future, which is to say forever. But our leaders don't seem concerned in the least about it. They don't detect a spiritual crisis in America or a lack of inherent meaning. Suicide spike, they have no idea why. They don't want to know. They don't even notice a dramatic drop in birth rates in America, which you think they would care about since they run the country. And that's the clearest sign of societal health. If people aren't reproducing, maybe something's wrong. But no, it doesn't bother them. In fact, they're for it. Don't have kids. And if you do, make certain they can't reproduce themselves. Why don't you go ahead and chemically castrate them? That's what they're now telling you. Watch the Admiral. Gender-affirming care is life-saving, medically necessary, age-appropriate, and a critical tool for health care providers. As a pediatrician, when it comes to making sure kids are healthy and happy, I know how important care that affirmed someone's true identity can be. So you made the mistake of having children, your own family. But there is something you can do. You can make sure you never have grandchildren. You can pump your children full of pharma-derived poison that makes certain they can never reproduce. And you should, because that's life-affirming care. So why are they telling you this? Well, simple. The more atomized and unhappy American society becomes, the easier it is for them to control. Fewer marriages and babies and family-owned homes means more rootless and dissatisfied people. It means an entire nation of desperately unhappy grad students. Sandy Cortez could become the queen of a country like that. So bring it on! More solitude, less human connection, less meaning, fewer babies. That's what they want, obviously. Here's what they don't want. They don't want more Christy Pauls. This weekend, Christy Paul announced that she's quitting her job because family is more important than serving corporate America. Here she is. I just could not be who I needed to be for my family, is what it really came down to. I was tired of being tired, and I told them, look, let's be honest. The work we do is important. The work you do is important wherever you go. Whatever you do every day, it's important work. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to sit in this seat, and I'm going to leave, and the show will go on as it should. But nobody else is going to be my kid's mom. And nobody else is going to be my husband's wife or my parents' children. And I need to be fully, fully present there. Nobody else is going to be your kid's mom? Have you noticed our immigration levels recently? We're bringing people in to be your kid's mom. And by the way, shouldn't you be working for Facebook? Do your duty. That's what we're telling young people. We're telling them we're not going to do a thing to make it easier for you to have your own children or your own family because families are for the rich and the poor. Families are for the tech tycoons in Napa. They've got a ton of kids. And for the Haitians huddled underneath the bridges at the border in South Texas, they've got a ton of kids too. But for you, a middle-class American, sorry, your deepest desires are far beyond reach. Citibank will pay you not to reproduce so you can uh, remain alone in your cube. And if you're not fortunate enough to work at Citibank, Sandy Cortez will step in and for the first time in her life build something. 
In this case, she'll build government-funded abortion camps on federal land just to make sure you never have to experience the burden of holding your own baby or being unconditionally loved by your own children. You're liberated now. Let's celebrate with brunch. You have to wonder, how long before Democrats sponsor legislation to distribute free cats to young people in the cities, placebos to replace the families they can no longer have? That's coming, along with SSRIs and the water supply, so you don't have to think too much about it. We're finally getting to see what their utopia looks like. Hope you feel better. Well, you know, um, that, that is it's a scary thought, right? I mean, they are grooming... And, you know, think about this. Think about what um, Biden said. Biden said, uh, what did he say? He said that America is going to become a, a white minority country. And that's a good thing, he said. That's, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And Mayorkas was sitting next to him. It was in 2015. Said it on videotape. And I thought, you know, if that were to happen organically so be it but to engineer it i think that's the problem for corporations to get into incentivizing abortions while penalizing families you know and you know that every time they get to the microphone they're never going to admit fault they're never going to apologize for their strategy and they still believe that their strategy needs more time to work. And, and I also think this. The reason why the fentanyl is, in fact... And see, government officials on the federal level look at aggregates. We, we, we in our individual lives, look at, uh, you know, basically not the aggregate. We look at uh, uh, microcosms. And we see these micro pockets... But they look at everything, they think on terms of the aggregates, the difference between, say, macroeconomics and microeconomics. But the thing is, they are looking at, they know the how many people are dying from the fentanyl that's coming through the southern border. They know it. And they got a calculator. They got a calculus for this. And I think that one of the things that's happening is there is a battle where Biden wanted to uh, have the minorities catch up and surpass the whites with this weird engineering, I, I think that what's happened is uh, is they want to slow down the birth rate of the domestics uh, because they're importing so many children through the open borders, redistributing the world's population into America. And they're saying, we're bringing enough children in. Uh, and from a jobs perspective and from a social security perspective and all these other things, we need to regulate. So there's a balance. There's enough people in the world. They're thinking of it from a global perspective. There's enough people in the world. But um, we can't have any more babies here or it throws off, it delays their utopia or their goal, their end game. And it skews the population too much in one direction or the other. Uh, and we got John from Chicago. Uh, you guys had some decent elections out in Chicago and Illinois uh, last night or yesterday. Yes, Welcome. we did. I uh, 
pretty much none of my candidates won, but but I think I voted for one of the candidates. But we'll see. Maybe we've got a puncher's chance this year with uh, with everything going haywire in the economy and yeah. in the world uh, with a couple of these elections. You know, I just called because I was motivated by hearing you and, and uh, hearing uh, your, your clip of Tucker. It is so true. And what you guys are saying catches the essence of what a lot of us have sent for a couple of decades now. You know, you... And David Brooks, who I, I just despise, kind of encapsulated this. I heard him talking once years ago on McNeil Lear and at the News Hour, whatever it was, on PBS years ago. He said, "Well, you know, we'll have to do uh, the middle class will have to pay more. We'll we retain the safety net for the poor. You know, here's a guy, and that's part of the problem because the middle class is always paying more, and that's your productive engine. And in the end, what people end up doing, they cut their, their they cut their budgets, they tighten their belt, they tighten their belt." as individuals. And I think in the end that seeps into how many children they can reasonably afford because they're the responsible ones. Like you, like he said on that clip, you know, really some of these really wealthy people can have more if they want to. And there's no problem if they're of the mind and of the poor, if you're willing to live hand to mouth, well, you know what, you've got to just enough to get by. And these programs have income cutoffs but for those in the middle who actually pay the freight and run the country. You know, you, there's this, this, you're cognizant of this all the time. And yeah, I think and you know what? When you diminish the number of children by one or two, that's your productive future going right there. Right, and $4,000 is a lot of money to a poor person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, well, just like if a young woman and you come out of the inner city and you get a free apartment now that you had a baby, right? I mean, part of the problem is you incentivize people to be incredibly irresponsible. You don't have to be married. See, you can get things from the government, but if you're middle class, you're like, well, I'm above that. I don't want to do that. And you delay your childbearing, you end up having fewer children, but these are the smartest, most productive people in society. Let's just say it. And, you know, Hungary uh, did it the opposite way. and they're, they're one of the most successful countries right, right now in, in Europe. Um, you know, they, uh, they basically said, we're going to give you 30 for your first child. When you, when your family start, when you start, when you get married and you have your first child, uh, that will give you thirty-five thousand dollar U.S. dollar equivalent to incentivize wow. that, and you yeah, know that's that's heading year, in the Russia right direction. Too. Pardon? Well, I said Russia and Poland have also pursued, not to that extent, policies to pursue family development as well. Yeah. The Eastern yeah. Europeans seem to get it. The Western Europeans yeah. are. Yeah, and they'll get the return on investment, by the way, because that child's going to grow up and pay a lot of taxes. Anyway, John, we're out of time, but thank you so much for calling right, in. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org to find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make America great again. And use Red State over at MyPillow. Red State as your promo code when you buy any products over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.